Well, you can go sit in your seat now if you want. All right. Well, we're going to start a new series tonight, and as I'm saying, saying with all the announcements, this is our last series before the summer kickoff, and then and then we stop meeting. So it's a four week series. I know it's just going to fly by. It seems like it's going to go quick, but summer's going to fly by too. So, um, but we're going to be in this series for the next four weeks, and it's called Pause. And it's a, it's, it's a, we're going to talk about the temptations of Jesus from Matthew chapter 4. Um, yeah, if you can actually see this. we got our good friend up here from Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife. <laughs> the Mac PC people. I don't know really why they decided to put that picture in there. I'm not sure what else is up here. Yeah, MTV and some things that look like... TRL still show. I hope not. But I really believe that if you come and you're a part of these next four weeks, that this series will be helpful to you. This might be some of the most helpful and practical content that we've, we've ever discussed. And, and the reason I believe that is because no matter how old you are, what gender you are, what age you are, how smart you are, how not so smart you are, um, how, I don't mean that offensively, um, just some are smarter than others, um, or how good of a person you are, or how bad of a person you might be. We are all tempted by something. And if you haven't been tempted yet, I don't know how that's possible, but in case you haven't been, I know that you will be tempted eventually. So can anyone say, no, I've never been tempted by anything, ever? Okay, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Or you're too embarrassed to raise your hand to admit that. Um, but it's possible that you're tempted by something like food, uh, maybe lying. I, I, I actually had this kid in my youth group, and he was such a smart kid. He was awesome. He was a little annoying at times because of how smart he was. Uh, he loved to show people how smart he was. But he came to me one time and said, I have a problem with lying. I just can't stop lying, and I lie about everything. I mean, I'll lie about what I had for supper tonight just because I, I want to lie. I'm like, why do you do that? It's like, I have no idea. I can't stop. I just lie constantly about everything. I'm like, okay, that, that, was, that was a first for me. And so, I mean, it's possible. Maybe you're tempted to lie. Maybe you're tempted to steal. You know, there are people that compulsively steal as well. Tempted to just exaggerate things. Just, I, I had a friend as well that every time he told a story, he wanted to act like it was... You know, he would just make it the big deal. It could have been something really small, but it was always the biggest to him. You know, could be pride, could be lusting. We just spent the last four weeks, well, sorry, not last four weeks, but the last couple weeks talking about that. Could be a number of things. Whatever the thing or the situation that's tempting you, know that we all have something. We all have something that tempts us, that's trying to lead us away from our relationship with Christ. Trying to hinder that growth and hinder that that relationship between us and Jesus. And, and, and we live in a culture and a world um, where there's a real enemy. I mean, I know the scripture talks about this, but I don't, I don't know where you guys are at on this or what you believe or what you think about the devil. Um, but there's a real enemy that we have that's actively working against us. Anything good that could come from your life, anything good that you could do 
know without a doubt that the devil is working against that. He wants nothing good to come from your life. And I think this is key for our discussion tonight and and, and what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. Um, What I've discovered about temptation, and I believe this is always true for all of us no matter what the situation, is that there's always more at stake than what we think. And your ability to withstand temptation has a lot to do with your confidence in God. Those two things right there are critical to success and victory over temptation. We have to realize that there's always more at stake. When, when we're tempted, there's more at stake than, than what we just see right in front of us or what it looks like. And with that, we have to put our confidence in God and trust in His promises if we want to have victory. Um, this, this title or this theme, Pause, really um, centers around this idea that if we would just simply pause in the moment of temptation... When we're being tempted, just pause and think for a second. What's really at stake here? What's really at stake when I'm tempted to eat more than I should? What's really at stake when I'm tempted to lust about something that I shouldn't? What's more at stake, or what's at stake here when I'm tempted to lie all the time? If we would look at these things, realize what's at stake, and then realize that it's not just an issue of my self-control, but my confidence in God, I really think that we can begin to have victory over temptation. So if you have a Bible or you don't have one and you want to use one of these up here, you have your trusty Bible app, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start out with the last few verses of chapter 3, but you can just go to chapter 4. Maybe, just maybe, someone in here, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or admit this necessarily, It's possible that someone in here might be struggling with an an area of temptation. And you you could be kind of like me, and and you think, what does temptation have to do with my eating thing? You know, what's what's that got to do with my eating thing? Or, Or what does my confidence in God got to do with my eating thing? Or my you know, lust thing, or my internet thing, or my whatever thing. What does my confidence in God have to do with those things? Well, we're going to figure that out here in just a minute as we look at Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, 17. And then we're going to jump right into 4. So it says this. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment... Heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I'm, who I love. With him I am well pleased. See, Jesus, baptized, goes under the water, comes up, and then this voice comes, and it's God saying, Hey, this is my Son, whom I, am well, I, am, I love him, and I am pleased with him. And then we read verse 1 of chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Not exactly the transition you would think to read after reading, this is my son, I love him, I'm well pleased with him. Going to hand him over to the devil to be led into the desert to be tempted. I mean, it... 
I, I feel like if you read this and you know nothing about the Bible, you're just reading this the first time, this is the story you decided to start with, you've got to be thinking in your head, what is going on here? I, I don't know about you guys, but... I could not. I, I could not, in good conscience, think in my head that my dad really loved me if he he sent me off to go hang out with the devil in a desert for a little while. I mean, that's what the text says, though. And and it, it says, notice that it says that he was led by the spirit, led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Um, he didn't just wander there. He didn't just find himself there. He was led there by the Holy Spirit. Did you know that God did this, allowed this to happen with Abraham, with Moses, and with, with Peter, and all 12 of the disciples, and it's possible that he will allow you to be tempted as well. He'll allow you to be led off into a moment of being tempted. I know this is true in my life. Maybe that's why when Jesus says in, in the text that talks about the Lord's Prayer, that he says to pray and lead us not into temptation. Because he knows what it's like. He's like, hey, just a few months ago, that happened to me. I remember what it was like to be led into temptation. So pray often and lead us not into temptation. <coughs> then it goes on, Matthew 4, uh, Verses 2 and just part of verse 3. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, this to me is like one of the most obvious scriptures in all of, all, all of the Bible. Duh. 40 days, 40 nights without food? I'm thinking I would eat a Big Mac at that point. It would take a lot for me to want to go eat a Big Mac. I'm not a Big Mac fan. After eating chicken nuggets from McDonald's for so long and seeing what's inside of them, I'm surprised. I don't know how I'm still alive. Those things are not, not human. And in fact... Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I meant not human food is what I was, what I was going with. I needed to finish that. I, I was, it, the thought came to my mind. I read this thing on Facebook the other night. It was Ronald McDonald on the phone. And it's like he's taking a complaint call. And it says something about, I found a hair, a hair in my um, Big Mac. And he's like, that's impossible. McDonald's doesn't use uh, human, anything human. or is anything any, organic. Yeah, I don't know, something like that. It doesn't use human food or, or something that's fit for human consumption or whatever. I don't know. It, it was funny. You really had to be there. No. Anyway. Exactly. Where are we? Oh, yeah, that's right. Let me read this again. Yeah, he's hungry. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Really. The tempter came to him. Okay. Now, these verses and the verses that we're going to read in, in the next, next couple weeks, they are just so full of good stuff, so powerful. And, and what I think that we're going to discover as we begin to see these three temptations is that, that Jesus faces, they all have to do with his confidence in God. They all have to do with his trust in who God was. And in the backdrop of every temptation that Jesus faces are any sin and anything that we will ever, ever face. Every, every temptation, every sin, everything that, that you might face in this life can be connected in some way to the temptations of Jesus. 
So he knows, and the scripture actually talks about this, he knows what it's like to deal with the things that we're going to deal with in our life. And yet he remained sinless. So I really believe that if you want to know more about temptation, you need to look no further than Matthew chapter 4. But he, he, Jesus left a great example for us, and, and, and I'm gonna, we're going to read these more in depth in the next three weeks, but I want to just give you three of the three um, just briefly. I'm not going to read the text, but I'm going to give them to you. He, the first one was he was tempted to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way, meaning uh, he, he, was, he was in, had a valid need. He was hungry. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but hunger to me is a valid need. I, I think I'm starving after missing a meal, so I can't imagine 40 days. I, I feel like I'm going to die if I, if I miss a meal. So after 40 days, he needed food. He was hungry. It was a valid need, but he was tempted to fix this need in an, in an illegitimate way. Um, second temptation was Satan tempted him to leverage and use God for his own doing. To meet his own end, and to he, so he took him up to this really high place, and he, and, he, and he tells him to jump off, and that you know if you're really the son of God, then the angels will catch you, and you you won't even strike your foot on a stone, and 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 so again t- tempted to leverage and use God. The third temptation is to take a shortcut. Anybody ever been tempted to take a shortcut? I'm not talking about when you drive. Typically, unless you're driving through a field, I don't know that that's really a temptation. Sometimes it is, depending on who you're following. But you're tempted to take a shortcut to do the right thing the wrong way. He tempted him by taking him up, showing him all the kingdoms, and, and, and saying, you can have all of this if you just bow down to me. And it was already his. He didn't need to bow down to anyone. It was already his. And I think as we go along in this series, you're going to begin to see how these things connect in your life. And hopefully you might identify with some temptations that, that you have in your life and be able to work this out. And, and my hope and my prayer is that this series is going to help us to, to break the chains of temptation. That these things that have such a powerful hold on our life, they're going to lose traction and they're not going to be as scary and they're not going to be as strong and difficult to deal with. In fact, I want them to be like the scene in The Wizard of Oz. Have you seen The Wizard of Oz? Everybody seen The Wizard of Oz? You know the scene at the end of the movie when they, they finally get to the great and powerful Oz and he's so scary and so loud and then the little dog Toto goes in there and pulls the curtain back and he's just this frail, short little old man. Do what? <laughs> exactly, yeah. See, that's what I hope. You, did we just ruin it for you? Oh my gosh. Sorry. We ruined it for you. Well, there's a little dog. He pulls the curtain back, and it's just this old man, and he's not scary, and he's kind of Santa Clausy, if I remember right. And, and, and just, you know, that's what I hope that we kind of have happen as it relates to temptation, that we realize it's really not got that big of a hold on us if we approach it like Jesus approached it. Temptation will never go away. But if we pause, we just might have the opportunity to have that victory. If we realize what's at stake. Um, I love what Romans 6.14 says. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. 
we have the opportunity to look at temptation and say, no, I don't need to go there. I don't need to go there. I don't have to sin because I'm not under law, but I'm under grace. In the midst of temptation, the tendency so often, I think, is for us to to look at it and think that the only thing that's at stake is whatever we see right in front of us. That should I or should I not eat the dessert? I always go with the dessert. Um, Should I call him back or not call him back? Should I go to their house or not go to their house? Should I invite her over or not invite her over? Should I tell the whole truth or just eh, part of the story? Part of the story won't get me in trouble as long as I spin it right. It's not quite a lie if I just spin it a little bit, right? Or <coughs> should I go to that party or not go to that party? See, in a moment of temptation, the, the issue seems like it's just whatever's right in front of us. That black and white, A or B type of decision. And there's so much more at stake. So much more at stake. If you go back and look at the temptations of Jesus and and understand the the whole story of his life, you realize there's so much more at stake. What's at stake is you and I and our ability to have a relationship with God and and the ability for for, for Christ to go and die on a cross and remain sinless. See, he couldn't have went to that cross and died for our sins if he had to die for his own sins. I don't think, I really think about that very much, but if Jesus had to go and die for his own sin, he couldn't have died for ours. And so, keeping in mind, there was a lot at stake for Jesus in this, in this moment of temptation. For you and I, every time we're tempted, there are at least three things at stake. I want to go through these two things and then we're going to close. The first thing is your future is at stake. The second thing, is your, the people around you, be it your family or your friends. And the last thing is your faith. Your future, the future being at stake, is one of those things I think it's very easy for us to see this in other people. When you see somebody else, one of your friends at school, a parent, a cousin, an aunt or an uncle, I don't know, everybody, every family's got one that's just like, they just constantly make those mistakes and everybody in the family's like, oh, he's such an idiot or oh, she's so dumb. Why does she keep doing this? We see it in other people. We're like, oh, they did it again, you know? Or in like movies, for example. Um, you watch the, the, the actress. It's always an actress. It's a scary movie. And you're like, don't go with that guy. Don't, don't run up the stairs, you know? Run faster. Why? why? He's going to kill her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't look at that. Don't hear someone in the kitchen and you're like, who's there? Yeah, they're going to respond. Why do you hear? Yeah. You want a sandwich? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why does the whole house have to have no lights, you know? It's like, could have turned those babies I on. I put on every switch I could see. <laughs> exactly. And, and we see this in other people. But I don't know about you, but when I'm about to make a mistake or a, I'm falling to temptation, I don't think about that so much. I forget that my future in some way is at stake. And again, we see it in other people, but we don't see it in ourselves. Second thing, being our family, take for example the dad who um, 
comes home every single day from work and just gets drunk every single night. And then eventually, he loses his job. The family suffers every time. Or the, or, or the mom who has an affair with a coworker, Or the brother who's addicted to drugs. Or the sister who gets pregnant out of marriage at a really young age. See, when these people make these types of decisions, or when you make those kinds of decisions, there's something at stake. Your family's at stake. Take the dad, for example. Um, dad gets, comes home, gets drunk, loses his job. Now there's not an income coming into the family. Dad doesn't pay attention to the kids disrupts the relationship with the kids. Mom, to cover up the fact that they don't have as much money, has to work more hours, loses, again, relationship with her kids because she's not able to be there. Those things have an effect. The mom who has the affair, now there's a divorce. And I can tell you from experience, two Christmases does not mean exciting. You know, just because you get to have an extra Christmas does not mean life is going to be awesome. Um, I think I say that because I think that our culture and especially movies have made the idea of having divorced families really awesome. You know, yay, we get two Christmases, you know, get to have all this extra fun. It's not. It's not exciting. It's not awesome. It has an effect on the family. <clears throat> I, it's possible that m- maybe some of these things in some way have affected your life. I don't know. Um, but we see this all the time. And for some reason, in the middle of temptation, we think that it's only about us. That it's only going to affect us. And, and it's, it's just not true. The last one, faith. Not that faith, but our faith. <clears throat> our faith is at stake. And what I find interesting about this is, is that I believe that this is, this is why so many people, I think, walk away from the church. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons. But I would have to say this is up there in the top, like, three three things people will walk away from the church is, is because it's not because they had some great theological discovery and now they don't believe in God or that they, you know, had some question answered poorly and now they don't believe in God or they're going to walk away from God because they made some great discovery, you know, um, scientifically and it proved that God didn't exist. But it's because every single time we sin, every time we fall to temptation, there's a little break in our relationship with God. There's a little break. And I, I so wanted to have like a, a co- like a coffee cup or like a clay pot or something that I could try to like chip away and break just to show you that. But, but pretend I have one, you know. And you just chip away at that and chip away at that. Eventually there's going to be nothing left to chip away at and it's just going to crumble. You know, when we chip away, in fact, I did bring something that I was going to use in my shirt for this. Kind of forgot because I have my awesome Jenga game. This is the Truth or Dare Jenga. I think I missed a few pieces. I am. Leave me alone. But as it relates to the idea of chipping away at our relationship, every time we sin, we are just pulling blocks out of our relationship with God, and we just keep pulling them away and pulling them away. Pulling them away. And and we think that I'm only hurting me. I'm only this is only affecting me. It's not gonna hurt anybody else. And maybe for a while, you know, we're kinda like up here at the top, 
and it doesn't hurt anybody else. It doesn't really affect anybody else. But eventually, they get... I happen to walk quicker than I expected. <laughs> eventually, what happens is they... We start to chip away at the bottom there, the foundation. And everything kind of falls down. I, I really believe that that right there is why so many people walk away from the church. They walk away from their relationship with God because they think, ah, just a few little sins are okay. I'll just take, take a few, you know. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's no big deal. But eventually the whole thing just crumbles down. <clears throat> Everything kind of falls down around you. And, and, you, and you look back and you wonder, what happened <coughs> to my faith and to my relationship with God? It's not that God left you or left them. It's not that, you know, the relationship with God wasn't exciting or fulfilling or any of that. But it's that we behave our way away from God. We behave ourselves out of a relationship with God. And we don't even realize it. It's, it's a matter of confidence in who God is. And I really believe that every time we are tempted, if we could just begin to ask ourselves this question, every time you're, you encounter a temptation, be it food, you know, what you watch on TV, what you look at on the computer, what you say, whether you lie, steal, cheat, whatever it is, you know, if we'd ask ourselves this question, can God be trusted? Can God be trusted? Can he be trusted to empower me to say no to temptation? Can he be trusted to meet my needs? Can he be trusted to help me through this situation? Every time we say yes to temptation, what we're saying is no, God can't be trusted. No, I don't believe God will meet my needs. No, I don't believe God will take care of me. No, I don't believe that God can help me through it. God's going to come in here and he's going to eat my one scoop of ice cream. And then he's going to say, ha, 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 you should have eaten it sooner. Because you're not getting any more. I got it right now. This is, you can take in all your food away. I, I tell, this is terrible. And I should probably admit this, but when Lila's really getting on my nerves, like, to the point where I'm, like, borderline ready to just walk out of the house and leave them there all on their own, I tell her that I'm going to, especially if it's relating to her toys, it's like, all right, then I'm just going to take them and throw them all away. I'm just going to take them all and throw them away. Sometimes it works. Eh, sometimes it doesn't, but most time it works. And, I, and the reason I say this is probably really terrible thing to do, um, and I'm realizing that now as I'm saying it out loud, <coughs> it's because, you know what, God's not like that. I might be like that because I'm a terrible person and I need prayer. But God's not like that when it comes to our relationship with Him. He doesn't want something from us. And I never really take my kids' toys away just so you know, <laughs> so you don't think I'm a, that terrible person. God doesn't want anything from you. He wants something for you. I think that if we would realize that, that would totally change our relationship with God. Imagine what it would be like if every time you're tempted, you answered the question, can God be trusted with a huge, yes, of course he can. 
Because he's God and he cares for me, he loves me, and he doesn't want something from me, but he wants something for me. What if every time you were tempted, you, you said this? And I, and I know this seems silly, but sometimes saying things, talking to things. Um, have, you, have you guys seen that commercial where Gary Busey is talking to the TV? Gary Busey. Yeah. yeah. It's an advertisement for the Amazon TV. I love that commercial. It just makes me laugh so hard. Because he's like, I love to talk to things. Well, sometimes talking to things might make you seem crazy, but it actually does help. What if every time you're tempted, you said, temptation, you will not take my future, you will not take my family, and you will not take my faith. Temptation, you will not take my future. You will not take my family and my friends. And you will not take my faith. Let's pray together. God, I just, tonight is kind of a, a simple message and it's just kind of a start to this series that is as we dig into the, this idea of Jesus being tempted and God and hope to, to glean something from that and learn and grow and, and be able to deal with temptation in a much stronger and much more powerful way, God. I just pray, though, tonight that um, for each student in here and, and adult, God, that we would be able to say this. God, that when we're tempted, we'd be able to say, yes, God can be trusted. And temptation, no, you're not going to take my future and my family and, and my faith because I don't need this temptation. I don't need whatever this is that seems to have a hold on us. God, I pray for strength in everyone in this room, God, that we would just grow in greater strength and love and in our relationship with you, that we'd be more godly and, 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 and just desire you so much more and, and God, and, and want to reach more people for you. God, I pray that you would just 